Halleluja. Zoomer is hier zo. Ons het dan nou, uh, soos wat jy by die schoolhoof, ek moest baie by die schoolhoof wees, maar dit is nou, november maand was nou, so jy was by die schoolhoof, jy moest gaan verpak, maar toe kry jy nie pak nie. En uh, ons moest al warm gekryd en ons het nog net lekker gehad. Amen. So baie om vir dankbaar te wees. Vader, ons is vanavond net so bewus van die teenwoordigheid. En Heilige Gees, kom spreek vanavond leven in ons harte. Kom spreek vanavond en ontbrand die vier, die vier van passie. The zeal of the Lord, the fear of God, the zeal of first love, the zeal van die eerste liefde. Heere, kom ontbrand vanavond weer die eerste passie, wat ons gehad het, toe ons u net geontdek het, toe ons u net gevind het. Heere, ontwaak vanavond weer, dier die gees, die vrees van die Heere, in ons hart. En amal sê, Amen en Amen. If you uh, allow me, I want to, I, I ministered this word this morning in Afrikaans and uh, I just feel led for uh, our English visitors and we also have people from some places around the world, Reg and June, I know they're always tuning in, it's great to have them. Sue, you happy that we're English tonight? <laughs> and uh, most of you guys understand English, so um, this is just such an important message for me that uh, you know, the Bible only really works when you do it. <laughs> the Bible only really works when you do it. There's many people who have been sitting in churches for 30 and 40 years, and they've been hearing all the scriptures, and they've been seeing all the teachings, and they've been reading all the nice things, but they don't live the word. And Jesus, one of the first things he did when he for 30 years lived among us is the word became flesh. And the word should become flesh in our lives. If people hear us, when they see us live, the way we live, the way we do things, they should say, there I see an epistle walking. There I see the book of Acts walking. Amen? There I see the reality of God. And I thank God that it's happening. It's happening. I thank God that the Word works. And the more you do it, the more it works. Amen. How many can testify of that? The once you apply the Word, it works. The only reason some people think it doesn't work is because they've never tried it. So, in the series about spiritual intelligence... People would now think, I started with the mind of Christ. How many enjoy that teaching? I mean, that's really something to go meditate on, to live life from the mind of Christ, to deal with your problems, to deal with adversary, to deal with everything that you face on a daily basis with the mind of Christ. Say amen. And then we discovered that tongues, a heavenly language that God has given us that unlocks spiritual intelligence and we spoke about the gifts of the spirit and that in those gifts there are supernatural knowledge 
So Christians should be the most amazing people on the planet. We should be the ones that come up with the best ideas, that come up with the best solutions. We should be coming up with new angles of seeing things and giving people new perspective all the time. Say amen. Because we have God within us. So now, so an die The problem is this. You've been in a nice meeting like tonight. You feel so in the presence of the Lord. You go, oh. This is amazing. I can go to heaven right now. And then just as you walk out of this door, there's an idiot that takes you up the wrong way and makes some foolish remark about your shoes or about your whatever. And I mean, you know, and it's like, it's like, a, it's just a balloon. And all the eight. Or you come Monday morning, and you just, you just had some wonderful prayer time and you feel so spiritual. And then there's this certain person that woke up to be your opponent. And everything you say, they're trying to cross you, they're trying to work against you. I mean, you've had it. And you go, then you start praying in tongues faster. <laughs> where's the gifts of the Spirit now? You know, where's the fruit of the Spirit? How many have been here? Oh, come on. So... If you would ask me, you get kinetic intelligence, that's people that know how to play with balls and sports, you get spatial intelligence, those are the sort of engineering guys, you get academic memory intelligence, you get interpersonal intelligence, you get now a book on emotional intelligence, and each one of these coefficiencies has something to do with what you're good at. Meaning, you now can really do ABC very good. Spiritual people know how to overcome offense. It's one of the traits of spiritual intelligence is that you're not easily offended. Write that down somewhere. Okay? Okay? So, what's the difference? Yes, because we're dead. Don't get the difference. Because we don't live anymore. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. The life I now live, I live by faith. So you can't defend me. You can't gossip about me. You can't lie. You can't betray me. You're dead. You can't steal something from me and I'm angry. Because I own nothing. I have no rights. Come on now. So spiritual people that are truly spiritual should not take offense. So this is why I'm preaching on how not to take offense. So are you ready for this? The Bible says in this beautiful verse, I was speaking to Dr. Brian Adams last night. It's now his usual thing to call me on a Saturday night just before I prepare a message. And uh, so he's talking and, and he says, what, I'm, what am I preaching on tomorrow? I said, I'm preaching on a fence. And it's like I, I loosened a tape recorder. He just started preaching at me. I had to listen to a sermon last night. And one of the, the, the scriptures that I didn't know exist, to be honest, it's in Acts 24, 26, uh, 24, 16, sorry, 24, 16, in your Bibles. 
And I really want you, if you're on version or one of these apps where you can, um, you know, it's not 26, it's 16. So in the notes, it's wrong. Yeah, notes is wrong. So 2416, it says the following. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense towards God and man. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's something you should put on a plague and put somewhere against a wall or put on your cell phone or in your wallet or something. Is that, am I? Come on. This is important scripture. This is like, this is how I want to, do you want to live like this? I don't want to ever have my heart to be impure by offenses against God or against man. Say amen. Are you, are you with me here? Come on now. This is what it's all about. Now don't raise your hand because the guilty person may be in the church. <laughs> but how many of you have ever been betrayed? Lied to? People gossip about you. People call you names. People falsely accuse you. Can I just get a yay or something? Has this ever happened to anyone here? No, no, no. It's a sign of any of This happens. So, I have a very short, I think I'm going to do it in less than a minute, biblical prognosis for that problem. The Bible has one single solution when it comes to people offending you or people hurting you, it's, it's very straight. It's not a long story. I don't have to preach an hour on it. It's very simple. Are you ready? If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Okay, I'm not getting an amen now. Luke 17, verse 3, says that we can't help that people bring offense. We can't help. People will hurt us. People will abuse us. People will treat us unfairly. We get unfair pay. We get unfair treated. Come on now, anyone here? And the Bible says, if these people sin against you, because all of these things are sins, trespasses, you shall what? Confront them. Hmm. Now, I wrote this down in my notes because it was such a beautiful sentence. Most people are outstanding war strategists, but pitiful warriors. Let me explain what I'm saying. Most of us, we can strategically discuss an argument, and afterwards we can in the mind play war games with what was said and what wasn't said, and I should have said it, and I, I'm going to tell him now, I know now what I'm going to say. And then you sort of work this out, and you spend a whole night on strategic warfare, and there's no physical contact. It's all shadow boxing. It's like being in the ring. You know, and you work up a sweat and you do that through the night. Come on, no one of you have ever done this. <laughs> and then the next day when you need to confront this person, you without words. And, 
And the moment you go into the direction of the very strategic thought, you had to, I have to say this. He says something different, and your whole story is gone. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I didn't plan on, on this now. So, people, our problem in life is that most of us are afraid of confrontation. Be honest. Most of us don't like it because it's bloody, it's messy, it's not nice, it's war. I mean, it's like two swords and people are, hey, that's not nice. No one of us wants to do that. But let me say something to you tonight. If you want to face the battles of this world, you better grow up and you better exercise your abilities, your skills, your spiritual skills, how you could speak, what you could answer, and you better get practice. Because it's when you've had a few arguments and you've done it a couple of times where you had to confront an offender, where you spoke to someone directly about what was wrong, that you grow. I mean, you know this. It doesn't happen the first time. And you grow in confidence. Now, the Bible says in Ephesians, 4 verse 12 and 16, particularly 15, 13, he says, speaking the truth in love. This week, one of my, my colleagues, Pastor Nakuzi Yazik Langula, we have coffee, and uh, we're talking about this and that, and uh, just as I was about to call, listen, I have to run to the next meeting, these things keep on falling off, and... Um, he says, but my pastor, I just, one, one more thing. And I said, <laughs> and I sit down and he says, uh, Pastor, you've, you've hurt me. Because I told you something and you went and told that to someone else. And that person took what I told you in the wrong way and now I'm in trouble. And I went, no, no, no. No, no, I'm, I'm I've never done that. <laughs> but I immediately said, I realized, well, I have done that. I, I, I didn't have evil intent. I was just, what he was sharing to me, I was, you know, sharing like in the bypass or someone else. Someone else took that information. And me as brothers had to agree and say, hey, be careful. And to me, it was fantastic. I wanted to hug him. I wanted to say, thank you. Thank you that you have the braveness to speak to me like this and say, hey, I've hurt you. How many want that? Then now I hear, he doesn't want to talk to me anymore. And when I greet him, he doesn't greet me anymore. And when I say we have coffee, you have excuses. Because I mean, you know, this is what many people do. But he lovingly confronted the issue and we spoke about it. And then he said, Pastor, I know you. I'm not angry at you. I know you talk too much. <laughs> I know that you share everything that you hear with everyone. I went. And that was so amazing. And I, and I had to learn through this. Now, 
May the whole church grow up in confrontation. Now, what does this have to do with offense? So here's two very simple, I want to simplify things. When the scientists, in your notes, psychologists and clever people will say to you, why do people take offense? Why? Very simple. Because you're insecure. Because your very character have been blemished or attacked, and that what you stand for, and your self-image, and that what is important to you, has just been taken through the mud. How many know this is true? It's when someone falsely accuses you that you really get offended. When someone says something that, you know, this is not who I am, and then you react and you're like... <laughs> so there's really, when it comes to offense, there's two ways. There's two... Uh, how can I say? Two paths that we have to exercise ourselves in. The first is knowing who we are in Christ, and the second is learn how to confront. There's no other way. Can I just get an amen? anapati. You are someone. Are you offended at me? No. <laughs> is this something that I've done that may have hurt you? No. No, I'm all fine. Yeah, no, I'm all fine. But you can see the offense on the face. How many know that the fence is a face? You can see it. Dick back lang gesig. Din lippies. So there's only two ways. I have to deal with what has been said. I have to process it. It takes a day or two that I go, wait a minute. Jesus was blasphemed, falsely accused, and murdered on a cross. So you have no right to be offended. That what was perfect was insulted and put on a, on a, on a cross in the most cruel manner, hanging there as a criminal. People, come on. So then in, in Acts, when uh, the disciples were persecuted and put in prison, I love it, they came out, I think it's chapter 4 or 5, they came out of the prison and they said, they rejoice greatly for being put in the situation to suffer shame for his name. So I remember John Wesley. It is told that he was riding his horse. Remember that the, the Wesleyan movement, Methodist movement, became famous that the pastors would do circuits from preaching from town to town and then do it over and over again on horseback and a Bible. If you could have a Bible and own a horse, you're basically a pastor. <laughs> and they ordained you and then you had to go. So he's doing his circuit and on his horse he's riding. And he suddenly felt in his, whole, in his spirit that the fire and the presence of the Lord is not as real as it always was. That he's, he didn't feel that close with the Lord as he always and he started saying, Lord, is there something that I've done? Is there something that's wrong in my life? Is there any hidden sin? And he was just riding like this. And the next moment, someone saw you know, him riding past, him mumbling on the horse. And this guy took a, a clay mud pole and threw him with the mud. 
<laughs> when it hit him, he went, Lord Jesus, thank you. I am holy. I am holy. Thank God. I am still persecuted. We get surprised when we persecute it. He says, if you want to be a prophet, you will receive persecution. Is that right, people? Come on. Friends will remove themselves from you. That comes. Now, in the notes, I've, I've taken great time to, to really give you something to work with and to go do homework and to go work this out. And this is one of the sermons that I would really suggest that you take the notes and you make a fast on your phone. There's some ways that you can take, like you press a button and it goes immediately to the sermon. It's like a fast something. Because the notes in here is really, really significant. All right. Because we face this on a daily basis. And then you remember, that night Pastor Jan was preaching or something. I can't remember what it was. Get into the notes. Get yourself reminded of the truths. And then you have to do it. All right. You get practice in the doing. Now, when I correct people, I found this with Simon Sinek. Uh, and there's a little YouTube video that you can find. And uh, I just found that this was you know, so simple and easy. And it's his easy three steps to confront someone. Are you ready for this? Wie van jullie is weg om iemand te confront moeren? Dankie, Dirkie, ek sien This is funny. I, I'm not getting ever. I say, always when I say raise hands, I get this. Now I get this. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> you know that this is why it says I can do all things in Christ. We thought it was just, you know, but we need to confront things. Listen, people, let me put it this way before I get into the three points. Gossiping about people, talking about people, even praying for people, meaning accusing them before the Lord, doesn't change anything. It takes a godly confrontation to say to someone, what you've done has hurt me. And I have to be honest with you, and I have to talk this through. In a loving way, not offended, not with anger, not with emotion, and deal with it. Speak it. Do it right. So here's the three steps. Say exactly how they made you feel. The principle is this. How many of you have been in, in the old days, you had a coloring book? Now, no one takes the coloring image, like a little clown image, and then you take the green crate, <laughs> and then you go, <laughs> and you just color over the whole thing. That's what you do when you're angry. Okay? So the principle is this. When you talk to people, you have to, in your communication, think about coloring in an image. You usually do the ears in yellow, and you do the, the hair is red, and the hat is blue, and the coat is whatever, orange. And then, you know, you go, all this is impossible. So when you speak to someone, and you say to that person that you are feeling offended, Okay, that's a little bit vague. Vague. It's a bit over the lines. But if I say, you know, I really respect you as a person, and I know that what you do is very important. 
and I respect you as a leader, for instance, or as my boss, and thank you for the way that I've been working for you. But yesterday, at that 11 o'clock meeting, when you said that and you used those words, it really offended me. And it made me feel that you don't honor me, you don't value who I am and what I am to this business. Does that sound like coloring within the lines? It's very specific, and it's in line. It's, it's not over the place. You know, sometimes we use the word always and never. And then the person becomes defensive that at least once they did it. I mean, you've been in a situation like that. Yes, you never. Yeah, but I, I at least tried two days ago. <laughs> and then it becomes a whole argument. So don't use the words never and, and you know, always because it's coloring all over the place. Be specific. What he also says is that in this, in this three steps, share the specific action that made you feel that way. And the reason is this, is that you don't, you don't talk about the person's character. Yes, there's your ma. You know, or um, you a liar. No, he's possibly have lied in that instance last night when he, he did lie. Is that right? So be specific in the action that made you feel and then explain the impact that that action had on you. So here's an example that Simon put in his notes and he says, when you walk out of the room last night, meaning you walked out of the conversation, it made me feel completely humiliated. And I fear that if you will perhaps do that again, it may cause me to struggle to ever trust you again. Does that sound sort of like an Afrikaans Toe jy gisteravond uitgeloop het, sonder om die gesprek, toe jy die foon in my oor neergesit het. Dit is een goeie voorbeeld. Was vir my sleg, want het gevoel jy sluit my uit. En dat jy, dan nie, dat ek jou nie, dat jy my nie kan vertrouwen, of dat jou emoties nie veilig by my is. Can you hear? It's very specific. And then Simon does very something. He says, usually when you do this technique, he says, most people become defensive, and they begin to explain, no, but, you know, but, 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 but. And then he says, you pause, and you say nothing, and you wait them out, and then you say the whole sentence again. <laughs> he says, and then usually they become defensive again, and they go, da, 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 and you wait, and you give them a chance, and then you say the sentence a third time. This is brilliant. Because now what happens is this person <laughs> begins to realize, wait a minute, I have to take responsibility. And now I have to do something about it. I may have caused a hurt. Now, guys, usually... In the first conversation we have with anyone about something negative, the first session goes bad. Is, is this 
true for most people. In the first session, you have that's negative and you talk about something that's not pleasant. It's not nice. That's why you have a second session. A few days later, you give everyone a chance to sort of come to terms, get to understand the meaning of their identity, because remember, you take offense when you unsure of your identity. So you give them chance to sort of gather themselves, get to know, okay, this is who I am, da-da-da. Come back, second session, and this is it. Clarify terminology. What did you bedoel to you die word gesed? Want ek verstaan die word, beteken vir my da-da-da-da-da. Nee, dis nie wat ek bedoel het nie. Are you getting this? And so in a session, how many of you know that most of the times people are offended at an unknown enemy. Come on people, listen to me. Most of the time, we think we know, you don't get to know someone on Facebook. You don't get to know someone by looking at their profile and their photos, which is all just very nice. You get to know someone when you ask questions. Is that right? You ask. So, what, how did you experience this? How did you understand this? I said that, what, was, what did you hear? And by clarifying, in the session two, we gain understanding. And here is the final note. In normal warfare, there must always be a winner and a loser. Am I right? That's how warfare works. Christian communication warfare, that's not the goal. To win the argument and you're right, and that person is wrong. I mean, come on, it's not going to do anything. Here's the thing. There is no transfer of knowledge unless there's empathy. There's no transfer of knowledge. There's no... Mm, I get you, I understand, unless there's empathy. So why do we need to clarify? Why do we need to ask questions? Why do we need to get into it? So that people can get to the why they have used those words. Why they were angry. Why they did an action. Why did they do wrong? And suddenly when you hear the why, you go, I understand. And understanding leads to empathy and empathy to compassion. And here's the thing. For Christian soldiers, the end goal is illumination of both bodies. Die licht moet vir beide deurbreek. Is dit nie weg? As ek nie die argument gewen het, but if there's a moment of light in everyone that was in this conversation, man, I have understanding, man, I can see something better, Mm, now I can go forward. Now I can tell you, now do it still gepreek, But guys, the Cedarburg is making history. Have you seen that? The Cedarburg is making history. Because we're going to have to follow all of us living here, what I'm preaching about tonight. Because how many know that we have cultural differences? Listen, I, I, the other night, we, we're trying for many years to be a multiracial church. It's like, <laughs> 
And uh, now we have the youth house church the other day. And there's a few white uh, youngsters and some colored youngsters. And Francois, he tells me, Jock, you can say if it's so. He says, and so the white oaks tells a joke and they laugh and the colored oaks look at them and they laugh. <laughs> then the colored oaks tells a joke and the white oaks look at them and go, now what's so funny about that? And they laugh their heads off. How many know that we have cultural differences? We have different backgrounds. We're rich and poor. We are female and male. I mean, there's a whole difficult thing. I still try to figure out now for 30 years how the female brain works, and the more I study it, the more complicated it becomes. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, and then you get into children. Now, next year, you think you communication communication. Was it like about the school? Yeah. It it it's circle near. How am I going to get this conversation going? Listen, people. How I many know? I mean, this is hard. We speak English and Afrikaans and different dialects and different languages, and we're young and old, and old people don't understand the young people. I mean, hello. There's a whole lot of room for offense. There's a whole lot of room for misunderstandings. There's a whole lot of stuff that we don't know about one another. Here's the interesting thing. In the old warfare, in the ancient war, where there was no machine guns in distance warfare, where warfare was a short sword, <laughs> yes, I did that right, eh? <laughs> it's, a court, it's a court mess, eh? And, and they fight in close proximity. What the ancients did is they painted their faces with war faces, even had war masks. Now listen carefully. The moment we lose our humanity, we can kill and murder. The moment I don't know you as a human and a fellow resident, a fellow human being that lives and are made in God's image, we begin to make faces. Come on now. And we believe the fa- How many know that the gossip story can be a face? It's not the true person, but it's the story that is told. And people believe the story. And now we get angry at a face, which is not a real person. It's a war mask. It's an exterior thing. And then we get hyped up to the point that I will never speak to that person again. I will dissociate myself from that. I will never this and I will never that. Come on. We have to find a way to get across this. I've, just in the last two weeks, I was so tested in preaching and doing this very message tonight. And I realized, guys, that there are no true relationships if there's no true honesty. I don't want friends that doesn't show me there's something in my teeth. That's not a friend. I want a friend that can be honest with me, confront with me, disagree with me, argue with me. Come on now. That's liberating, isn't it? I mean, that's how we learn. That's how we grow. We don't have to everyone be the same. That's how we grow. That's how we get to know one another. Now, 
I want to end. The enemy only wins when there's a distance. Because no communication will lead to presumption. Is that right? But the question is, I will not be still. Ja, nee, ek sal nou maar stil bly. Ek sal maar suffer vir Jesus en stil bly. My hart is een moordkeil, maar ek sal stil bly. Your false religion, you. Did you find Jesus did that? He said to the great Pharaoh, uh, the great Herod, your jackal. He told Peter, Peter, get behind me. You're an offense to me. Come on now. Now, don't you dare to use this sermon because there are some people out there that they are the only ones that's doing the correction. You better shut up a little bit and get some other people a chance to also correct you. Come on. How many know that there are some people out there that says, Ja, 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 nee, Jan, ek stem saam met Jan. Ek het net gisteren ou bykie vastgevat. No, 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 that's not what I'm talking about. Because then it means there's one winner. The way of the Bible is when both wins, and both receive an illumination of light, and revelation and understanding. Say Amen then something can grow. Amen? Now, how many of you know that we're going <laughs> to... I'm just looking at you tonight. And I can just see these people going, hmm, it's like, a, like an uneasy feeling. <laughs> and you're almost afraid, oh, I know usually when Jan preaches something, then I'm going to be tested this week. <laughs> how many of you go, oh, oh, you know... What can we now Let me end. True Christians, true spiritual intelligence is no longer pretension. I don't come to work and pretend to be a nice guy. I don't pretend for my lunch hour to be religious by offering a prayer. I don't pretend to be having the fruit of the Spirit when people see me and I can show off. Come on now. True spiritual maturity is that I'm good and faithful and just all the time. I am the fruit of the Spirit all the time. I wake up with the fruit. Have you ever seen a tree that when it goes to sleep at night, it packs its fruit away? And then when the sun rises, it packs it out again and it goes. <laughs> Some of us think it's like that. My Christian walk is like, when I come into church, I better put on the valpen resting, and I have to put on the fruit of the Spirit, and my Jesus smile. Hello, my brother, how are you doing? Now I'm fine. Hallelujah. You pretentious you. But listen, when you fulfilled with the Holy Spirit, when you are full with Him, when, you are, when Christ reigns in you, come on, say amen, people. Then I am truth. Then I am love. Then I am goodness. Then I am faithful. Amen. And that's constant. 
Therefore, I cannot and shall not be offended. Because I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to pretend. I have nothing to show off. I am what I am by the grace of God. Say amen. I want you tonight, and go into the notes, and I really want to ask you to do this for me. Uh, on the website, we will put it on the links. You can find it everywhere. But there's a lot of hard work in there. It's almost 30 years of notes that I've tried to put together in a condensed way to really help you, to give you some, some weapons in your belt. Because the Christian walk needs to rise up. Because we can't be salt if we don't confront. Come on now. And confrontation does not necessarily have to be negative. It doesn't have to be about just talking about the negatives and the wrong. Confrontation is to speak the truth always. Jordan B. Peterson says to speak and have accurate speech. Meaning you, you think about what you say. And your words are meaningful. And your words are intentional. And you, you weigh your words because the Bible says you will be counted on what you've said. Amen? And when we live this way, we live, as I said in the beginning, without offense towards God and towards man. When I spoke to Brian last night, he got super psyched up. He says, Jan, you better have a healing line tomorrow night. He says, for most people are bound by sickness because they offended at God or they offended at man. Cain, God said to him, you can't, he didn't accept his offer. He was so angry at God, he killed his brother. People are out there, they've prayed and they've lost loved ones. They've asked God for certain breakthroughs, it didn't happen. And you are harboring a secret offense against God. God is never wrong, people. God never errs. He never makes mistakes. He's never late. Say amen. All right? So you better go to God. If Cain went to God and he said, God, why did you reject my, my sacrifice? And he was open for correction and God would show him his unbelief and his pride and he repented. He could have been healed. But instead he went and killed his brother. The other story is Moses. Moses became so offended at the people. Remember this? And he missed the promised land. Come on now. I'm speaking the truth tonight. Let us then be without offense towards God and towards man. This is your Amen. So, net as daar nou van julle is, wat nou verskrikkelijk geestelik was, dat ek het net nog prakties maak. Hierdie ou leen sy bakkie vir hierdie christenboede. En toe hy om terugkrui, toe kry om leeg sonne diesel met een stamp. En toe gaan hy na die pastoor toe, en hy sê, pastoor, jy moet met jou mense praat, ek het, ek het gedoen wat jy in die gemeente sê, ek het geleen en ek het, ek het gegeen, en die man het gekom en het my bakkie gestamp en hy is my kar vol petro gemaakt he. En sê, wat moet ek nou doen? 
Hoe kom het jij niet met hom gepraat he? Het jy ieder iets vir hom gesê? Nee. Wat gaan jy doen om te in het nie? Ga maar vir hom bid. Wat het jy vir hom gesê? Nee, sê nie jou. Come on people, wake up. We get wronged all the time. We better grow up and learn to not cause more wars, but to make peace. Amen? And speak to people. Address things that aren't right. Now, I don't want you to become religious. There's some people out there that can't wait because there's that smoking Christian and you're going to tell him right now that his smoking is an offense to God and he better stop smoking right now because... Uh, <laughs> Man, I have to be careful tonight. Here's the last truth. I use friendship as my basis for correction. Galatians 6 verse 2 says, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So years ago there was a guy in our church and he sweared a little bit. He had a bad language, foul mouth. So some of the Christians in our church came to me and he said, they said to me, we had to do business with this guy and you know, we were having this conversation and man, he has some bad language. I said, well, what did you do about it? No, no, I, I, I just prayed. So now I have to sit with this thing. So I wait, that's how I do it. I don't deal with people with any offense or wrong if I don't see it firsthand. I will not deal with things on a secondhand offense. When I see something, I will correct it. So I waited till he, he used bad language three times in my, in my conversations where I could hear him. So finally I have him here and I sit with him and I said, my brother, I need to talk to you about your swearing. And when I said the word swearing, he burst out in tears and he says, Jan, I've been praying God daily that he would deliver me of this. And to say, no, next me I'm to see Because I just thought, if I'm just going to tell him, you know, he's going to... I didn't expect that he's been repenting and couldn't change. And then I realized, bear one another's burden. So when I correct people, and you know if you've been corrected, you can raise your hands because I'm famous for this. I will usually begin my correction by saying, do you know that I love you? And that we are friends. And I respect you highly. And that I only want to see Christ being raised in you and mature. And did you blossom for Jesus? <laughs> but I have to talk to you about this and this and this. Guys, that's friendship. And when you, you speak in a relational way, because you've taken the time to build a relationship, you have then the power, how many know I'm talking about, to address that issue. What I'm excited about the Cedarburg breaking and making history right now is that for too long South African politics was a spectator sport. We have not been in the official meetings of the CPF or the Ward Council or any of the state affairs. We have not sit in any meetings. We have not read any uh, municipal report. We don't understand anything about municipal matters, but we have a hundred opinions about it. Can you say amen? You Make the municipality accountable by being involved. 
So, as always, I'm an apostle, and apostles do things to break ground. I haven't traveled, and you better send me out of this church very soon, else I go nuts. So what I did, I did some missionary work in our town. So I am now the chairman of the hospital council, the CPF security, the soccer calmer, the partnership. I'm just about <laughs> trying to be everywhere. Now, did I do that because I'm looking for work? I did that to open grounds to say to you, get involved. Wherever God has given you a passion, thank you, the Fris, he's involved in the sports club. Dirkie's involved in the school board. Each one of us. The old, wie van jylle onthou die old vier, 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 elf, vier? Onthou dit? You know, that's where we should be salt. Say amen. By being there and going there and by, this is our mission field. My great mission field was to get to know five EFF members. And I made friends with them. It's great fun. It's really great fun. I like talking to them. They're really straightforward about some things. I'm not offended. I want to know them. I want to understand where they're coming from and what they're so angry about. And then I've made three of those five. They resigned the EFF. Because we get to know one another and we talk and we discuss things. And I believe some of the matters that concerns them should concern all of us. Come on now, people. And I made friends with the ANC and I'm making friends with the DA and I make friends with everyone and I make friends with the council, and I make friends with the officials, and I make friends with the people in the street, and I'm even making friends with Michael there at the back. Come on now. That's how we are salt, and this is how we are light. And the more people we can influence with what I've been talking about tonight, straightforward truth, discipleship kind of influence, we can change the world. Say amen. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that this word tonight will resonate in our hearts. I pray as I've, it's been sending and it's going out tonight on the, on the YouTube and channels out there. Father, I pray that this word will resonate in people's hearts. I pray that as South Africans, we will rise up. We will take hands in our diversity. We will take hands first in Christ Jesus who have brought us together. We know that there's no true unity if Christ is not in the center. We know that there's no working together unless the values of Christ is adhered to by everyone. Father, we know tonight that we have to be sold in a very dark and broken and sinful world. Father, I pray tonight that you wake us up. Father, that you will give us a voice. Just pray with me. Say, Lord, give me a voice. I will no longer be silent. I will no longer remain silent. I will no longer be timid. I will no longer hold back. I will no longer be inferior. I will no longer feel that I am least than others. Father, I pray tonight for an opening in the Spirit. I pray, Lord, that you will give us a soberness, that we will handle truth and people and problems and issues with the dignity and nobility of royal people, people that are called by your name, a holy nation. Father, that we will speak words that bring salt and life and healing, not division. That where we go, we will speak unity. We will speak working together. But we will also be courageous to confront the wrongs and the evils and the sin and the crime and the abuse and all the things in this world that Satan is, is pioneering and working amongst our people. Father, let us be the advocates of change. Let us be the advocates 
advocates for the poor. Let us be the advocates for what is unjust and not right. Father, raise up your church, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that tonight we can say, give us a voice. And you have given us a voice. Forgive us of our placidness and passivity, our fear of man. Come on, repent with me. Say, Lord, forgive me that, that I've been, been uh, under the influence of the fear of man. I will fear God. Father, I pray for a balance. I pray that we will not now become uh, uh, super spiritual, that we now want to correct everyone in a religious way, thinking from, from top down, but that we will serve in relationships and love and connect and work with people and through relationships be salt and disciple people. Lord, you have given us a commission to go into the world, into the ethos of our society and that we will disciple nations. Father, I pray right now that we will take up our call, that we will take up our stance in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that even tonight when it's warm, give us energy, Lord Jesus. Give us energy to work with you. Give us energy to go and speak to someone. Father, tonight I pray that if there's someone we need to forgive, that you work the faith in us to release and to forgive. Say amen. Father, tonight we also choose that if there's someone that has wronged us, that we will now go and speak and, and solve that wrong. Solve that offense. Your word says that when we come together to bring a sacrifice, if you know your brother has something against you, go and first reconcile with your brother. Father, we tonight want to be a people that live in a pure heart and a clean conscience without offense. Let that be. And everyone say, Amen and Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We can go.